Hello and welcome to a very special episode, or in-between episode, of Modern Day Philosophers. I'm your host, Danny Lobel. Hope you guys are doing well in between seasons, hanging in there. Excited for season eight? I am. I'm excited to share it with you. Got some great, great, great people coming up. But first, as promised, and I did promise this to you, I have the audio of Patrice O'Neill, the time that he called into my old show, the original podcast, Comical Radio, which was also broadcast on WBMB 87.9 FM, Baruch College Radio, and asked me to defend my favorite comics in New York, and I put Al Lubell, the great Al Lubell, on that list. Al Lubell, who I love and respect, and found out in episode, what was it, 81? Season 7, episode 81, Al Lubell and Thomas Saz found out that for 17 years, Al Lubell has been angry at me and thought that I hated him because I was a dumb 16-year-old kid that went up to him and told him that he wasn't funny. I don't even remember doing it, but I don't doubt that I did it. And to myself, I says, to myself, Danny, if Al Lubell, who you love and respect and defended on several occasions or two, two occasions to my memory, once against cringe humor and once with Patrice O'Neill, if this man who you look up to and respect was angry at you and didn't think you liked him, and the great Jim Norton, I found out in episode 73, season 7, Doug Stanhope told me that Jim Norton hated me. And you'll also hear in this interview with Patrice O'Neill from 10 years ago, a decade ago, a young, starry-eyed, hopeful Danny Lobel, young comic filled with moxie, which is an old man word that I love, always looked up to Jim Norton with great admiration and respect, and he, too, had a low regard of me. If those people didn't like me much, then imagine the people who I was indifferent to or even didn't care for what they thought of me. And I wondered to myself, what kind of grave did I dig myself, which left me where I am now? And can I dig my way out of it? Damn it, if I'm not going to try. Because I'll tell you what, my heart has always been in this. My heart has always been in the right place. I've been crazy sometimes. But I know I'm a good person. And I know I love people. And I know I love comedy. And I love doing these podcasts. And I'm 34 years old now. And... I'm pretty damn broke, and you're supposed to keep up appearances in this business and make it look like you're doing great and all that crap, but the bulk of my income comes from minimum wage work at a cafe, and it's sad. I'm overweight. I noticed this week that my hair is thinning, and I'm at the point in life where I feel if I don't have kids now, I'm going to have missed the boat on that, and I want to I do that, and I have to ask myself, how am I going to support kids and be fair to them as a broke comedian. It's not, and do I want my kid to look at me and, and see a loser who never made it? I don't want to continue on as a comedian under those circumstances. As Patrice O'Neill says in this interview with him, he doesn't want to be a martyr. I don't want to be a martyr. I don't want to be one of those people who never could see himself who could never uh, break through the delusions and winds up old, bitter, 
unsuccessful and people say, oh man, sad about that guy, huh? I don't want to be that, but I don't want to give up either because I love this. I love doing this. I love making people laugh. I love writing jokes. I love jokes. I love talking about comedy. I love talking to comedians. It's ingrained in who I am. It's what I know best and it's what I do best and it's what I like to do, love to do. So what I've been doing lately is I've been working my ass off in every possible way. I've been putting out more podcasts, as I'm sure you've noticed, including this one. Uh, Also, the Mostly Bull Market podcast, which I've been putting up episodes on. I've been trying to book the best guests I can for this and do the best interviews I can with them. I've been putting up sketches on YouTube, youtube.com slash Danny Lobel. I wrote a one-man show, which I'm doing at the Hollywood Fringe Festival in June, and then again, bringing it to Edinburgh in August in Scotland. I wrote a comic book, which is going to come out soon. Keep you posted on that. I've been doing a monthly show at the Hollywood Improv, which I came up with called Bookshelf. I'm pushing it and pushing it, and I'm going to keep pushing it harder. This is me throwing everything I got out there. I've been going through Second City. I'm about to graduate. I'm about to be a Second City alum. I've been writing sketches. I've been doing improv. I've been doing stand-up. And I'm going to do my very best to make this final push at at it all and and try and have something life-changing happen for my career that can keep me in the game for life, that can keep me afloat as a comedian, that can keep me making art, making comedy, and entertaining people for the rest of my life. Because if something life-changing doesn't happen within this year, I don't know. I'm going to have to make some hard choices for myself. And I don't even want to think about it. I just want to be focused on success, on pushing forward. But there will come a point where if nothing happens, I will have to think about it. And that depresses the hell out of me. So, so with all that in mind, we go back to what you're about to hear. A decade ago, I recorded this talk, which became the talk that led to a great friendship with one of the masters, in my opinion, of comedy, Patrice O'Neill. This conversation, as you'll hear, garnished respect with him for me and led to me getting to have him in an episode of my web series, Rise of the Radio Show, write for a show of his, which never took off. And more importantly than all of that, have phone calls and hang out with him upstairs at the Olive Tree Cafe above the Comedy Cellar and have a friendship with a guy, a very unique friendship with a brilliant, brilliant comedian. And while lots of my friends can say uh, that they got into comedy and wound up doing multiple late night show appearances which I've never had the honor of doing yet uh, and had had sitcoms or been on sitcoms or been on all kinds of TV shows and talking head shows and all this stuff I've never gotten to do and many of them have gone on to have movie careers and gotten tons of respect and love and admiration and adoration and acknowledgement I never got any of that but my spoils of war if comedy is war, and it does feel like it, considering I've been out there in the trenches of New York City for many years, 
where I handed out flyers in the freezing cold and in the boiling hot summers, in the rain and in the snow. I went all around the world living out of a suitcase doing comedy for almost no money in front of drunks of every nationality. And I've pushed and pushed and it does feel like a war and the spoils I have of war are some very unique friendships, including the one that I got to have with Patrice O'Neill, which resulted mostly out of this phone call that you're about to hear. So I'm proud of that. I like my spoils of war. I hope that I could one day get some of that other stuff too. It would really make me feel validated and would be really great to hear people say, hey, I love what you do and you're funny and all that stuff which happens very, you know, sporadically. Sometimes people do come up to me, and it's usually through this podcast that they've heard me. Like you heard in the wrap-up show with Alex Fasella, that very unique situation that we were recording in the Washington Square Diner in New York in the village, and this girl comes up, and she's somebody who's actually listened to the show. That makes me feel terrific, but it almost never happens. And maybe one day it'll happen more often. Or maybe one day I'll just have to hang my head down low and, and, and hang it all up. You know, I never wanted to think like that because you don't want to think in terms of failure. You only want to think in terms of success. But at a certain point, life keeps going and you have to either continue going with life or be stuck. And I don't want to be stuck. So I'm giving it all I got from now on. And let's see what happens. If I talked to the, if I went back in time and talked to the Danny Lobel you're about to hear of 10 years ago and told him, yeah, in 10 years from now, you may actually not, not only won't you be farther, but you might even be less far than you are now in many ways in terms of career. I think that would have depressed the hell out of me then. It depresses the hell out of me now, but I could also tell him, you're funnier than you've ever been. You're more genuine. You're more true. You're truly who you are now. When you go on stage, you tell stories and you're hysterical. And you speak from the heart. And you're doing stuff that you never thought you could do. And you're married to a beautiful woman who you love. And you live in L.A. in great weather. And you got chickens. I don't know if I would have been impressed by the chickens back then. But I love them now. And a tortoise and two dogs. And you're doing it. You're still doing it. You didn't give up. I think I'd be proud of that. I think that young Danny in his 20s would be proud of that. And it still could happen for me. I had some tough breaks. That, that interview with Carl Reiner where afterwards he invited me over and I got to have dinner with him and Mel Brooks. That became one of my highest highs and then immediately one of my lowest lows because it went nowhere after that and it seemed like it was going to go everywhere. I had such a new hope immediately following that interview and I talked about it. And I was, I was just 30, I suppose, or 31. Now I'm 34. And I was like, I'm still young. I can do this. And then when nothing came of that and I got total radio silence back, 
I was like, no, you got, you got to the top and you got, you got too close to the sun and you got burned. There's nowhere to go. Once the top turns you down, what's the point of climbing? Because once you get to the top, you already know it's a no. And that killed me. For a long time, it killed me. You know, by the time I talked about it with Al Lubell on that very same episode, episode 81, I'd already come to terms with it and realized that those guys never owed me a career and I was lucky to have had the experience at all. And unlucky, to be honest. It was, it was very devastating for me. And I, sometimes I'm really healthy about the way I think about it, and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes it still really brings me down. It hurts. Because I know objectively when I'm on, when I'm not on, when I'm killing it, and when I'm not. And I killed it that night in a good way. I was on. And I had Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner laughing and the next night I ran into Seinfeld's manager, George Shapiro, and he was all excited to meet me. I really thought I was breaking through into something. And then George Shapiro had his office send me a DVD of the time that he was honored by all these great comedians and a nice letter, the likes of which you would send to someone who perhaps you were interested in courting for management. I don't see why else you would. Uh, and then he didn't even meet with me. He wouldn't even get back to me. So I have to believe that somewhere along the line, in this long line of people that I pissed off, in mostly what were misunderstandings and sometimes what were me being callously young and stupid, I must have burned an important bridge. And I wonder if that bridge was the only bridge that could get me out of where I am now. Or maybe they're building new bridges as we speak. And I'll be able to fly over one of those bridges one day. Because these days I feel like... I feel like I'm a really cool toy that nobody's even tried to play with. I'm just up on the shelf collecting dust. And I'm like, hey, you know, I do some pretty cool stuff. Let me... All the other toys are down there. Some they're being played with, and I'm like, let me let me play. I could do some stuff. I have a button you could hit, and I make a funny noise. And uh, and everyone's like, I don't even know how to play with that toy. I've had that said to me a bunch of times by managers, not in terms of toys, but they're like, I just don't know what to do with you. And I'm like, I know what to do with me. Make a phone call. Get me on a TV show. Get me on a. Late night show. I could do stand-up on, on Conan or on Kimmel. You know, get me an audition for Saturday Night Live. I can do great characters and voices. I know what to do with me. What do you mean you don't know how to do with me? But they're just saying, look, you're a toy that either we don't want to play with or we don't know how to play with it. Maybe the directions for me are in Japanese. But, uh, I don't know. Tomorrow's another day. And as I learned in my interview with Fred Armisen, anything can happen and reality can change. And maybe uh, mine will. I hope and pray it will. And I know this got kind of deep and even some tones of somberness, but I'm being honest with you. That's where I'm at. And if you can help me out along the way, go to moderndayphilosophers.net and make a donation. It's in between seasons and I could use the support. 
Or just write something nice on iTunes under the reviews and ratings section. It only takes a second, and it costs nothing to do that. But you're given a lot. And I'll tell you the truth, I try to give to people all the time. I try to be a good person. I try to do the right thing by people. I've gotten older and more mature. And, well, maybe not more mature. But I've gotten older, and I've gotten more empathy. And I've gotten to the point where... I realize that not only don't I want to hurt people, not that I think I ever wanted to hurt people intentionally, I, I would say I, I didn't, but not only don't I want people to be hurt by me, but I want to help people. I want to, I want, I want to give back, and I do. I don't just want to, I do. I do whatever I can to make people happy. I, you know, within reason, I try to, I try to help people. I donate money wherever I can to help people in need. I don't have much, but I do what I can. And I do things to try and put a smile on people's faces every day. I try to make people happy. When I see them, I try to make them happy. And I'm asking that if you want to do the same for me, go on iTunes and leave me a nice comment. Some That's fuel. You know, that's fuel for a struggling artist. A little bit of encouragement. And I am that. I truly am a struggling artist. I'm struggling to be an artist. I'm struggling to stay an artist. And I love making art. It's not It's not like, yeah, I could do this, I could do that. I could do something else. But not with all my heart. Not like this. This I put my heart and soul into. Could I do it? You know, I always heard other comics say, like, this is all I could do. And, you know, that's just a generic New York comic that I would... This is all I can do. I can't do anything else. And uh, I'd always be like, yeah, you can. At the time, I was selling light bulbs door to door on the Upper East Side. Like, what do you mean you can't do anything? Just do what I'm doing. Drag around a case of light bulbs and knock on people's doors. See if you could. But I understand now what they mean. You can go through the motions of doing some things. But a great jazz player's got to play jazz because their heart is in jazz. And a great painter's got to paint because they're compelled to paint. And a comedian has got to comed. It's just the way I'm looking at the world through a comedic lens. Even when I'm looking through the world as a spiritual person, I still see the funny. Even when I'm looking at the world as a married person, I'm seeing the funny. So I love doing this. And I want to use it. I want to use my powers for good. I want to make people happy in their lives. I want to speak my truths. As corny as that sounds. I always hate when I hear people, I want to speak my truth. Just speak. But it's true. I want to be genuine. I want to be raw and funny and and open and honest. I guess I'm just living life. That's life, right? Just rolling the dice, putting my best foot forward, see what happens. And I don't mean to make it sound so heavy, but I've had a lot of rejection lately, and I've been working really hard. And I'm going to keep working hard, and I'm going to keep pushing through it because I'm used to the rejection at this point. This thing you're about to hear, like I said, was 10 years ago with Patrice O'Neill. 
10 years ago, I was at the point where I was getting these bigger comics attention for the first time. And here I am. And I feel like, well, comedically, well, artistically, I'm much farther career wise. I'm not even as far as I was back then. And that hurts, but it's reality. And I try not to think about it too much. And I went on a podcast a month or two ago, I don't remember exactly, called In All Honesty, talking about honesty. And on the show, the show is hosted by very funny comics, Khalees Hawkins and Kyle Plouffe. And on the show, Kyle Plouffe was telling me that before he was even a comedian, he was a fan of my old podcast, Comical Radio, and he was bringing up all these old times and jogging all these memories for me. And he brought up this talk uh, with Patrice O'Neill, and I said, oh man, I just talked about that on Modern Day Philosophers with Al Lubell, and I wish I still had that audio. Um, I haven't heard it since we recorded it. I never listened back to it. I just recorded it, and we put it up on the feed, and that was a decade ago, and it, it's not there anymore. And he said that he still had it, and he'd saved it for all these years, and that from time to time he listens to it and it makes him laugh, and then he'd send it to me, and he did send it to me, and since he sent it to me, I got to tell you, I've listened to it twice. It's funny as hell. It's really good. I really hope you enjoy it because I, I laughed. I laughed out loud listening to my stupid younger self. I laughed out loud listening to the hysterical Patrice O'Neill. I laughed out loud at the two knuckleheads I used to do radio and podcasting with Chris Iacono and Dave Caston. <laughs> Those maniacs. And... It got me nostalgic. It was a different time. But now I'm in this time. And this time around, maybe I'll do it right. I'm going to take you back to episode 81, Alubel and Thomas Says, for a little clip, a little reminder recap of when I tell him I defended him with the late, great Patrice O'Neill, and then we'll go to Patrice and hear that conversation in full. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And now, without further ado, except for the intro song, I give you Al Lubell and Patrice O'Neill. Enjoy. I had Patrice O'Neill on my podcast, mm-hmm. and the conversation was uh, who I thought the top five comedians in New York were. And I remember, I think I said Bill Burr, and I said Colin Quinn, and Dave Attell, and I don't remember the other one, but then there was also you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the other one was Patrice. And uh, and Patrice, it was Patrice, because then he said, well, now I feel less honored that I'm on the list because Al is on the list. Wow, I didn't realize he didn't like me. And I said, why do, you, why do you say that? He says, well, I remember him saying, like, I don't have a problem with Al Lubell, but I don't think he's one of the top comedians in New York. So I, I explained to him, I, I don't remember what I said, but I made an argument. I said, explaining to him why you deserve to be on that list. And I convinced him. Mm-hmm. I won him over. And he's like, he, go, he goes, I didn't know you had that in you to... He said, first of all, it's hard to sway my opinion on anything. And then when I saw him, he was, uh, he was amazed that he, I don't, you know, I don't even remember if I convinced him that you should be on the list or that I, that I knew what I was talking about. 
mm-hmm. of, of why I put you on the list. It wasn't a random thing. But he he really respected the fact that I stood up to him mm-hmm. and that I argued my point coherently enough that he was he had to step back. Yeah, because he's a guy that never seemed to step back from his opinion. Like he was great at arguing his opinion. And right. He wouldn't step back. Well, I don't know enough about him, but I do remember hanging out with him a little to get the feel that he was very opinionated. And that's from that point on, we were very good friends. Oh, that's great. Wow. And and it was all I brought you two you, together. You brought us together. Right. Which was interesting. So there were two times that I went to bat for you. I, now, I only remembered that Patrice O'Neill one until you reminded me about cringe humor. Oh, I see. Okay. But um, that's what I thought you were going to talk about when you said when you said you went to bat for me. Oh, I see. I didn't even know about the Patrice O'Neill thing. Thank you. Yeah. Well. Now I feel really bad that I have had grudge and I hold a grudge. <laughs> I can't. I feel bad that I uh, that I said that to you. Well, man- hey, we're back here on the show. With Patrice O'Neill. You there, Patrice? Yeah, unfortunately. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? I'm good, Danny. Patrice is one of my favorite comics. A very, very funny guy. He's performing this weekend at Comics uh, here in New York. I'm one of your favorite. What is one, like, when people say that, what are, how many people are in your favorite I'd say about category? T- ten. I'm, I'm one of ten. You're one of yeah. ten. All right, put them in order, dude. Um, <laughs> you want the whole ten? Yeah, Daddy. I want the whole ten, and I want them in order. Okay. Um, and I, I don't. And, and and don't spare nothing. Just be very careful. But I don't spare my feelings. Cause I like to hear this ten for real. All right. I have to. <laughs> okay. I know fine. you've been doing thinking about it because you had your, your your magazine, and right. I'm sure you've you've you you sat and you thought it out. So who is your ten favorite, and where are they from? Is it just to New York favorite? You want? Or is it the you, whole? You want it regionally favorite? broken down by region? I don't know what I want, but I want okay. your ten favorite in general, not not okay. just the ten favorite. I would in New York. say <clears throat> George Carlin. No, oh, the, all right, no, no, make it make it a little bit better than that because <laughs> then, if, if you're going to say George Carlin, then it, it's going to be difficult for for people to believe that I'm in your top ten favorite. You really, you George, really George are. You're uh, in my. It goes top. substantially down after Carlin. Yeah, I mean, you're in the yeah. lower let's half of the it, ten. All right, but. all right, cut out. Let's make it contemporary and let's cut out. Let's cut out. Let's no. call this list the Richard Pryor, <laughs> Bill Cosby, Chris Rock uh, list. You know what I mean? That's what we'll name the list. So black. Now, people? Yes. <laughs> uh, I forgot. Uh, I forgot Carlin in there, and, uh, and some people might argue uh, Kennison or or Bill Hicks. Okay. So let's say you New want, York. Let's you say the top ten in, in New York. In New York, <clears throat> top five in New York because it's probably not ten. Yeah. Okay. In New York, I'd say you, Jim Norton. Wait, is this in order? Um, no. You want it in order? order. All right. It's going to take more time then. (laughs) Um, okay. Fine. Colin Quinn would be number one in New York. What? I love Colin Quinn. Over Alubel, go to hell. Alubel (laughs) is definitely in the five. Uh, Patrice, Jim Norton, and I don't know. Stanhope's not in New York. Uh, I have to put Billy Burr in there. Bill Burr is definitely in there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And he hung up. <laughs> <laughs> that was what our interview dick, with Patrice Oni. <laughs> uh, he rose with Bill Burr. <laughs> you know what? He hung up as soon as you said Al LaBelle. <laughs> That's what he, it didn't did. like, he didn't like the Al LaBelle. 
<laughs> he does not like the Alabama. That's, you know what? I'll tell you what. Oh, what if, an angry, if, if, angry You know what it is? Comic. All, all comics, if they, if Alabama wasn't crazy, Alabama would be crushing them all right now. Uh. If he wasn't mentally incompetent and he couldn't manage things, he'd be straight to the top. I always believed that. He didn't even listen to the whole thing. Yeah. He hung up. He's like, yeah, I'm your favorite. Prove it. Where am I? Where am I in New York? Where am I? You know what? That's crap. That's crap. He just pulled a Tracy Morgan he on us. He did. He did over the phone. I can't believe this. I can't Hold believe on. it. <laughs> Hold on. You're back on the air. Yeah, I'm Chase? sorry, dude. When you said caller number one, I... <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't me. It was my. I cannot control my thumb when you say "cunt." <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry about that. Sorry. That, I, I I just punched my thumb in the face for doing that. Guy. <laughs> finish your finish your fucking bogus list. <laughs> Hey, I gotta, you can't curse, or I gotta drop oh, it every time. That, yeah, sorry about that's that. Right. Uh, We're on finish, FM. Finish your bogus list. <laughs> okay. Um, Cal and Quinn. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you finish, before you finish, is this internet, right? It's on FM, too. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, see, I apologize. I thought it was strictly, I thought it was free, uh, free speech this time, so I, let me, let me prepare myself for not cursing anymore. <laughs> because you know that, that list that you start with the five best in New York and you started with Colin in that order. Yeah. I, I had to, um, <laughs> a curse comes up. Now, I'm, you know I'm messing around, but go ahead. All so, right. so go finish this list. God, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to interrupt you anymore. I'm going to listen to this top five, uh, list of, of comics in New York City. I would go with Colin Quinn, and then I go Jim Norton, then probably you, Patrice. Uh, I'm a probably. Go ahead. Which means I'm not even three. Go ahead. No, you, you would be. You would be three. Then uh, four. Uh, I guess four. Al Lubell and five. Billy Burr. Okay. Well, here's the thing. You just rank people also according pro- partly towards friendship. There's no way. Uh, friendship. Bill Burr can't stand No, I mean with Patrice Colin Patrice is annoyed that I'm, he's even on the phone. I'm talking yeah. about Colin <laughs> Quinn. I'm talking about your best did buddies you, with Quinn. I'm sorry. Did you just put... So let, let's get this. Let's, let's figure this out. Let's figure this out. Yeah. I think you got bumped out the third because you just hung up the phone. <laughs> I, 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 let me... There's a problem here. There's a problem, Danny. Okay. And this, is, this is the problem I have and I'm, I'm, I'm fishing out your phoniness right now. Okay. <laughs> Very good. All right. You was gonna you start a list with top ten in the country. I was I'm all time. You uh, evidently. Then you evidently. made it regional. Let me ask the let me ask the question. Okay. <clears throat> George Carlin started at number one, which means national. That means all time favorite when you start with George Carlin. Because what are you saying? George Carlin is just in the Kentucky uh, area or <laughs> in the Bible Belt? No, he's the national guy. Right. So basically, what you're saying is in that top ten nationally would have been Carlin. Uh, Jim Norton and Al Lubell yeah. is in your top comics in, I, I in, know, the, in the country? I know this gets criticized, but I really you know think Al Lubell like? is a brilliant let me, let me comic. You, let me tell you what you like. You're, you're like one of these guys who don't go see blockbusters um, at the movie theaters. Like you, You're one of those guys who read the book <laughs> and don't go see the movie. So you read Porky's The Book and you go, you know what? Uh, there's a lot of scenes <laughs> that they cut out in the book. It was the book was much better than Pokemon. <laughs> You're an ass, Danny. <laughs> Did you say me and then Al Lubel? Take me off your list. 
You called it, Dave. Dave said as soon as he heard Alabelle. Yeah, I said I said as soon as he put out Alabelle, you would hang. Uh, that's what made you hang up. That, that's yeah. just ridiculous. Well, I, can, look, I can deal with Colin. I might be able to deal with Norton. Wait, you're going to say that Colin is funnier than Alabelle? Look, man. <laughs> I love Al. But Alabelle is... He he has this, he's turned into what is Al turned into? He's it's, crazy. He's a homeless he's, crazy guy. Right, yeah. yeah, Al is. I'm trying to find a good word for it. Now I'm going to have a a, a, a weird uh, tone to my voice, but this is not disrespect because I actually like Al a lot. But Al has less comedy. Al is more of an uh, abstractness. He's like, yeah, he should be. He should live in Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely. He brings up that alternative. I knew when I said it that it was going like, to get some kind of. He's in another category like now. Al is finished with comedy, like almost. Al is is some <laughs> existential thing. Like he's trying to find. You know, what he's trying to find. <laughs> so he's trying to find what comedy truly is. Like he's trying to. He talks to God every night to ask what the actual <laughs> definition of comedy is. So, so uh, listen, I, I don't, all right, I don't mind your list because it's your list. But yeah, I mean, it, it's honest. I knew, opinion. I knew it wouldn't be a popular opinion with you. I knew that, but it's I, not a popular opinion with anybody you talk to. He's a brilliant <laughs> writer. Open micers and have a conversation like that. How dare you? <laughs> I don't want to be on your list. I, I don't want to be on your list. You got to make up another list. I, I refuse to be on it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm third. What? Now let me ask you a question. I, I, Here's another question I'm asking you. What is the crack? Now, okay, ready? Because if you thought this out perfectly, which I'm sure you did. Yeah. All right. What is it that, <laughs> that is your criteria? And, and uh, for for funny, people, it's <clears throat> not. There's no criteria. It's strictly people that really make me laugh. And at oh, this, this is point, your personal opinion. See, you can't do that. You yeah, this is personal technical. list. This is te- this is this could be the end of the world. And you got to name your list and why. You can't just go. Here's my opinion. I could tell you why each person on the list. I, and actually, it's basically it's just people that when I go and see them, they still really make me laugh. Yeah, and, look, you know, I'm in the comedy clubs every count. night and. That doesn't count. Why baby? doesn't it count? Because it's your opinion. No one is counting this. <laughs> well, why do you ask for my opinion? It's supposed to be his top you have to, you have to scientifically break that down. Well, what, what do you want? What's the aspect? Okay, ready? Okay, what's the aspect of Colin that makes you laugh? And then run it down. He buys him a drink occasionally. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. I know this is a... What is the aspect that makes Colin when, number one? What's Colin, the bottom? What's his aspect? Give every time aspect. I see Colin, he's got new jokes, new funny ideas that I make me laugh. Okay. <laughs> I love Colin. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. He writes constantly. Whenever I see him, he's always got new stuff and at least so one aspect, new joke so that makes aspect, me think. The aspect of him that that's that's that you like and makes him number one is that he writes new material constantly. Yeah, and he has that's a lot of really funny stuff. Yeah. All right, go ahead. I, what are you laughing about? I'm serious. <laughs> oh, he's got you so. Uh, this is interesting <laughs> to me. Come on, man. Give yeah. it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> Jim Norton, number two. Okay. That's the aspect. Uh, I don't know what the aspect. Whenever I see him, he makes me laugh. What what am I supposed to say? Am I supposed to break it down and sound all intellectual and phony? Yes. Yes. Okay. Carlin and Pryor are my two favorite comics. Okay, okay? but you you didn't let me do that. You're not allowed. Who are your five? Who are your five favorite in New York? It's 
in New York? Yeah. Uh, we want reasons. I don't know how to put it in order because I never have. But oh, I, don't I'm give me that. You made me Wait, put it in order. No, no, I'm going to do that. I never I'm have either. That. Go I'm ahead. I'm going to do that. All I'm right. going to do it. Um, I would put a tell. Oh, I forgot a tell. I would put a tell in them. What? Oh, Jesus! He said, "Ah, uh, like he, that's definitely." That bumps you down one. Oh damn! I forgot a tell. You're off the list. Congratulations! <laughs> you remember when you wanted to be off my list? Where are you all? All right, all right. I would say a tell it because, and I'll tell you why. I think he's uh, I think he's like a prodigy in terms of I think like I hate people who think abstract um, on purpose. I think I think he thinks abstract in, instinctively. I think his in, instinct he's he's abstract. Like so he says natural. things. It, it's 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 a natural um, weirdness. Weirdness, yeah. And it's like it makes me. It's almost like Mitch Hedberg. Like I thought Mitch was very honest in terms of stuff so basically a style that i wouldn't like personally i like from dave attell which means you know he takes it's almost like you know if i don't like uh uh country music but there's this one guy who could just constantly like make country music that i like and 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 attell it makes he's the he's the he's kind of the best at that and i'm trying to think and and he makes me laugh so i'm i'm counting that what you're saying too but also did you see how i could give you okay. something you've given me something all right number 2 oh boy oh boy oh my god number 2 Danny Lobel <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i never seen Danny Lobel not after this you never, yeah God, man, uh, Collins. Colin is very, very good. I have to say, Colin is two. Oh, so Colin is two. But no, when I made him number one, that no, made your phone but, hang up. But I'm allowed to say Colin is two. Why? I don't know. Because <laughs> you were on Tough Crowd with him. Because oh, yeah. they're both I friends. Think, you know, okay, ready? And I'm gonna tell you something about Colin. Right. And this is, I guess, this is this is because I know him. Okay. He's he's one of the. If not these, one of the, uh, I don't want to say smartest because that's that's almost he's he's has an he he understands a situation very fast and he can he can put him into words very fast. What he can put him into words very fast? Look, he, meaning he can put his he can put what he's think he can put you or me. He can encapsulate what what we're doing, like if we're being phony or we're, what we're thinking. He's very good at people. He's very good at people. Yeah, but he stutters so quickly. How could you say he puts it so fast? <laughs> he, he, just knowing the dude as a person. Yeah. As a person, knowing him with his comedy, Colin will be two. Right. And this is New York City, but you know, I'm trying to like you said, you forgot. He's quicker to, to the punch. He, he can he can very figure out. Very fast guy. Very fast. Like okay. in terms of smart enough for me to like listen to. Right. Okay. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of some black guys, and I don't want to be just uh, <laughs> saying white guys. But I'm you know I'm in I'm in the white guy circuit basically. So okay. most guys I know is white guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh man, oh man, oh man, dude. I don't wanna just start naming people I know. I'm trying to think of um it's it's weird, dude. If it was think, a black think, list well, you, you would have been number think, one by I the think way. I think Big Big J is very good. I think Big J has the potential. But but top to, five good? In the city as a comic, I think Big J 
I'm going to name him because the, the same reason that they named Shaq to the top 50 before he was ready <laughs> yeah. is pure potential. I think pure potential, uh, Big J can press people above him. I think he's right underneath because, um, like, a lot of guys are gone that you would say, oh, that they, these are great comments. You know, Mark Marin and uh, uh, a lot right. of these guys. But they're not in New I York. mean, Billy Byrne, they Billy left. Billy's in there because Billy is, you know, Billy works very, very hard and he writes very hard. He, he works very hard, but my thing is to... Wait, wait, wait a minute. Your critique of my uh, Colin Quinn choice was about writing a lot, and no, now you're giving no, no, me no, the no. same he, reason. <laughs> he, he, uh, it, it, but that's no reason to be number one, though. So that's a like, reason to be number because four everybody, or three? Because everybody writes, writes hard. Billy, you can see Billy's a soldier. But here's the thing, too, in my criteria. I It's like, I think natural like Billy works hard and he's a, he's a funny dude I think Billy's one of the best comics around but okay. it's hard when you know people and you know like Colin gets a lot of points because I know him like okay. Dave Mattel is on the list from his comedy yeah. and I'm trying to stay impartial you know what I mean because I'm right. thinking of funny dudes like would I put Keith in the top five I don't think I would no. but Keith is one is the funniest dude I ever met in my life. In conversation? In terms of conversation. In terms of just the funniest dude I've... Really, him and Norton are the two funniest people I've met in my life outside of, like, growing up in Boston. But just in general, as a, as funny, it, the, the tough crowd guys are, to me, the funniest dudes there, there was, including myself. I mean, just in terms of when I say funny, just like, okay, Danny, you might be a good cop, but you're not a funny guy. And, and don't get offended when I say <laughs> oh, that. Oh, that's like, all right. Well, you don't know me. If you, if you don't know me. Like, put it this way. You like get to know you stuff is that's beautiful. Like, oh, like but that's something you have to go. Hey, Danny's funny, and somebody goes and somebody stabs you in the stomach, and you go, oh, I gotta get to you gotta get to know him. It's like meaning <laughs> you're funny in a in a. You're, here's here's why I classify the business seriously. Okay, I qualify the business in two 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 qualifications: one, back of the bus people; two, front of the bus people. Okay, and when I say that, oh, that's racist, man. <laughs> the back of the bus people, and I don't mean uh, on the on the. I'm saying on the school bus. I'm sorry. All right. On the school bus, there were people that went to the back of the school bus and caused problems. Right. Got suspended. Got chased on from school. Got shot at. Got ran home by somebody's sister. I mean, uh, you know, older brother and his friends. Right. And then there was front of the bus people who played it safe. They might have wanted to be back, but they played it safe and didn't. Funny never ever. They never paid any price for being funny. So there's some guys, dude, like uh, Kevin Hart, Lil Kev, f hilarious person. Uh -huh. Big J, funny dude. Like, you might go, I don't get it, Big J. But like I said, a lot of that is like you got to know a person. But I don't know Dave Attell really that much. Like, we shake hands and say hello. But Dave has a, a darkness and a thing where I know comedy is like saving his life. So if I say you're not a funny guy, I don't mean like as a comic or whatever. I mean just like you don't In go. Terms of the bus. There's no darkness to you that makes me go. This guy needs comedy. No, no, no. Yeah. Danny's pretty dark. I mean, he used to get trouble all the time. He, he's a bad guy. He's a bad. <laughs> <scene>. <laughs> I mean, 
he go, wait, wait. He goes to my sister. Look, during the week, he goes to my sister, who he's only met twice with her husband. He's making fun of my sister's husband, who she doesn't know him. She's, he's forcing her to watch Burning Logs on I the couch. I love how he's trying to sell sell me as, on, as, on as a back-of-the-bus yeah, guy. There you go. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, 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 I loved it. He I killed a baby. I how passionate he was about you. But... <laughs> That that, Danny, that makes perfect sense though. Like you shouldn't have Danny to be sold dark. on exactly. the darkness. Danny is dark to um, he's the darkest to um, open micers, and he's sort of dark to middle. <laughs> oh. Danny's middle dark. You know he's dark because he casts a really big shadow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm saying, dude. I, in terms of like the business, you I'm put a complete in, mess. What what <laughs> you're, a mess. you're a mess, Danny. Like right now, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. I, okay, no, 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 I'm not lying to you. Right now is the first time I've ever seen a semblance of a personality from me. <laughs> no, you don't understand. I'll tell you why. It's because when we did the magazine and he came out to do it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm the other dummy who did the magazine, Patrice. I met you twice. Okay. And, yeah, you don't know me. It doesn't matter. But the important thing is, whenever he Was go... Was sitting in my truck one day? Uh, no, 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 that was, was somebody that was else, guy. man. We don't, we don't know what happened to him. <laughs> oh, okay, go ahead, then. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so, so when, when, uh, when he go out to do that thing with you, right, you know, I, even I would be like, Danny, when you go in to meet Patrice, I don't want you to say anything controversial. And even You think I listen to you? No, 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 I'm not saying that in general. I think you also believe that, too. He didn't want to mess anything up with you. He really didn't. He always wanted uh, to play see, Danny, let me tell you what, Danny, this is, this is I'd rather... Uh, talk to Danny in this setting than 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 like him being reserved. Now my my impression of Danny and this is the word on Danny. Okay. Danny is one of these guys that has controversial opinions. I've heard. And first of all, Al Bell is number four. <laughs> <laughs> secondly, um, is that Danny is one of these dudes that stops himself. See, this is what I mean about funny. Any alpha male doesn't care any alpha male will never like he wants contrary he wants to challenge i i would want the challenge of danny in in his element on the radio show saying what he thinks cursing me out challenging me when i when i do something that makes me look like a hypocrite i i like that challenge and those like the people that i name dude they challenge me as a person all right you know so what i mean so it's very difficult for a guy and I don't want to say what in my in my stature, but in terms of New York City, I put in so much work. Like if you if you to put it as far as the mafia, you know, once you become a certain level, you don't really watch anybody at your level or beneath. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's really hard. Like you go, oh, who's the come up? The guys who come up. Like I like I don't feel pressed personally by any comics coming up. So when I say Big J, he's the only one that I feel coming up. That presses me. Now, you know how they say big fish in a little pond, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, I don't believe in big fish in a little pond. What I believe in is you get, you become so big for that pond that you don't decide to leave that the other fish in that ecosystem make you leave because you're messing it up. So it's just like, <laughs> it's just like um, why is this giant shark in this, in this lake? So you're with, saying you're a giant shark and Big J is getting meaning, bigger. Meaning, but sometimes giant sharks, um, don't, they stay too long. Yeah. Because the other fish aren't pressing them right. to get out. They're not banding together to go, dude, you're embarrassing yourself by being around. 
Right. So that's why you don't see me anymore. Now, I'm not in L.A., but I don't just hang out eating everybody's food. Like, I'm big enough, I think, to drop by some places. Like, I can go right. down, go, go somewhere and go, okay, oh, Patrice is here, and bump 17 kids. Right. Who, and then I get up there and I do... 35 jokes that you heard last week. Why is he doing this? Like, get out. Get out of here, Shark. You take, go to L.A. and, and eat <laughs> and play in the ocean. Wait, wait, I got... <laughs> so wait, what's your... Wait, hold on, Dave. So what's the answer to that? What's your answer? What do you mean? You, you, what's your answer to that? Why don't you go to L.A. and play in the ocean? In other I bet... I'm, I'm, I think New York... To be quite honest, is an ocean on, on some ends, and then it's a river on the others. L.A. is the end-all, be-all. I'm not really interested yeah. in being a celebrity, but I do want to be rich and famous. Right. Uh, rich being the, 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 the ultimate word. Yeah, but yeah. a celebrity, you can have so many problems. Because I think, I don't believe in mon more money, more problems. I think money helps <laughs> when you're not <laughs> feeling good. Um, yeah. The reason I don't go to L.A., dude, is just there's something there that takes uh, away from I think comedy yeah it takes and I know this is this sounds corny I don't want to be all existential but it just it's a soul thing for me and I and I explain something I, I did a Aspen the Aspen Comedy Festival about, about uh, the first time I did about eight years ago I think when I first no, no, yeah, about eight years ago I did Aspen Festival, seven, something like that. I go on there and, you know, I made a conscious decision to put on some tap shoes and try to tap my way into the business. Like, I, you know, I said, I'm going to throw away attitude, I'm going to throw away integrity, I'm just going to do what I think is necessary to be famous. So I went out there and I did that, and I, I did comedy, instead of trying to do it for love, I did it to get something and didn't get anything and was depressed. It was the worst feeling I had because I not only sold my my integrity, I also like didn't get nothing. Yeah. To yeah. even make up for it. So I'm sitting there going, I'm a I'm an ass. So from so since then I said I'm a just I'm gonna do what I what makes me feel good the next day. Does, mm -hmm. It makes me feel like I did my, like, so basically why I'm known as such an ass is because compliments and criticism almost go into the same purse. Like, because you can slow down with both. If I go, Danny, you're fantastic, you're the next something, that can slow you down. Right. Or I can go, Danny, you suck and you should never do comedy, and that I can slow harder. you down. Okay. You know? No, that's a bullshit. <laughs> that, that, that could affect you. You okay. know what I mean? So a lot of times I'm just in my own zone. Right. Of thinking because I don't want to be in someone else's zone of thinking because they'll start telling you. It's just like, well, you know, I'm proud of you that I challenged your top five and you stuck to it and then challenged me. That's respect. All you right. can't get respect from, you know, I respect you more on this in this radio show call than I would have ever did before okay. because I never talked to you and go, oh, your daddy got a little ball. I better end the call right now. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You're still, you still be I beat it, Danny, but. <laughs> it's a, then you go, okay, Danny got some something to him, and it was. But here's the thing: it was righteous, and I don't mean biblical righteous. It was just, it was like, oh, wait a minute, this dude, like I was playing about David Tell, it's yeah. like this, what this dude is is righteous. What he? That's why Insomniac was so big because right. he was being righteous. That's why I. I was good on web junk because, like, you don't understand why web junk. I only did it. I only did thirteen shows, you know, thirteen, right. and people still go, "Oh, web junk, right?" I mean, maybe twenty. I don't even remember. But 
I did, why Web Junk hit is because I was righteous, and I'm going to tell you what I mean. I hate the Internet. I hate people on it. I hate YouTubers. Right. I hate anybody that can do what I'm doing and make it look easy. I hate some broad that goes on YouTube and, 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 and says 10 things and she gets a show on MTV. I can't stand them. Right. So, the, so my angle for web junk was these people suck. <laughs> like this, these and people are dumb. These people are retarded. <laughs> and then what happened is it, 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 it became somewhat of a success on their station and they stop going that angle they stop start trying to make me go the angle of hey and this week we have a crazy girl who's just you know she's slipping on marbles and I'm like ugh yeah that's not what the show was oh, to you. Yeah. you you feel it worked well because you were honest what? Yeah, I, because I because I didn't my angle was and it was righteous angle just like David tells the insomniac, it, 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 that's Dave. So he became super famous from being how he is. But the thing is, web junk, people thought I was the web guy. And and they would have me on these shows like Ellen. And Ellen would be dancing. And I'm like, <laughs> lady, do you even know I'm miserable? Wait, why don't you dance with me. Ellen, man? Come on, what's the matter? That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> no, you should have danced with Ellen, man. And it, and it, wasn't, that it wasn't like, it wasn't like <laughs> I didn't dance with her because I was trying to be cool. It's just, I wouldn't dance with Ellen. Like, it's just... <laughs> Well, you could have put your junk on her. Look, wait, Patrice, I got to ask you something. Now, now, you brought up Aspen a while back, and uh, I, I got something to bring up. Now, you don't remember, maybe it was two years ago or three years ago, Danny was also there, right? I don't remember, no. All right, well, he Why was. would he remember that? Yeah, you were. Danny, you, you I been. don't remember. I don't you got remember awful comment Danny, I don't remember. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't I, remember that Danny asked me to do this radio show two days ago. <laughs> All right, well, whatever. You came in with your posse, yeah, like this whole posse. I don't ever say I roll with a posse in your life. Fine. You don't, you don't have posse. Don't you ever say I roll with a posse. Go ahead. I'm a general, dude. I, I, I'm a general. I'm a strategist. Those were, if, they, if I was rolling with somebody, they were soldiers and they had, they had uh, something. I roll with a posse. It was the Patrice <laughs> Army, alright? Yeah. Now, now you had this smaller guy who was, also, who was also a big guy still, but smaller than you. So I called him Mini Patrice. Now I know you're not going to like that, but I did, right? Okay. And um, I was sitting with him for a while. And it would have been funny if you remember who this guy was, but I'm going to say it anyway. So he was talking to me the whole time about how he rolls with you and all that. And uh, he also said, yeah, I'm a rapper and I'm going to be on being filmed on Aspen with this band called The Roots, right? Okay. Now, I don't know what the roots are, so I thought he's talking about the show, The Roots, right? Okay. So I'm like, oh, Kanta Kinte. You and Patrice are going to be with Kanta Kinte? He's like, what? What the hell are you talking about? I'm yeah, like, what you the know, hell were you talking I'm about? Sorry, could you, could you, what, what, what did you say? The word, what was the, what was the name? Kanta Kinte. Kanta Kinte. I thought, I thought the band, Danny, The Roots, Danny, was the who, show. Who runs, who runs the board over there? <laughs> I wouldn't see where he was going with this. You on the board, Danny? You need to. This is what you need. I know that. I know that you're trying to make this a free flowing show. Yeah. You should make decisions on when to allow him to talk. Because <laughs> not only there's no payoff to that story. It was, it was an awful. Here's what he, he had no preparation yeah. for that story. Right, he right. just here's here's why he's in his own world. <laughs> he just was saying points that he thought was interesting, as opposed to an actual story. He didn't realize Kunta right. Kinte at the end of a story stinks. Yeah, and and you're probably you the only me, white boy who doesn't know who the roots are. Yeah, you, you got me, Patrice. You got me. Oh, yeah, man. I agree with many Patrice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna. 
what that story stunk yeah. and you destroyed the floor of this show. <laughs> I was actually bonding with Danny LaBelle and you destroyed that. Oh, you didn't want to bond with Danny. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a bad road to go down. Oh, hold on. You weren't you bonding might, you with... You were bashing Danny. No, he was... I have an enemy in the ranks. <laughs> he doesn't want you to make friends. He's tired of your friendship with you. Uh, <laughs> He's tired of awkwardly destroying your momentum, which is what he does on a regular basis. Go ahead, man. All right, All right uh, Liz, uh, Patrice, I had something to ask this you. This is Chris. Um, yeah. ahead, this is ahead. Chris. Uh, now, you were talking about how, how much you hated the web before, and you hate what a lot of people are doing on there. But I got to say, I've been watching your show uh, yeah, on the web, I, and, 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 I, and it sounds, it's, it sounds it's, completely it's, hypocritical yeah, that, that you would I'm, hate I'm, 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 on those people. I, I, you don't need to finish your thought. I'm riding with you, buddy. All I'm right, riding so, with you. You don't so, need to bash yeah. it overhead. Now, like, and then I yeah. understand that. <laughs> don't, don't you never forget, I think about myself ten times worse than the next person. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So now, what, what, what are you reason, doing differently that other people aren't doing on the web now? What you tell me. Um, Have you watched the show? I've watched the show. I've you tell show. me what I'm doing differently than, let's say, a guy or let's say a couple of people who watch two girls in a cup and they go, ew. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I enjoy the show, but it doesn't matter what I, me, what I think me, you're doing differently. This, let me, and let me say this. I'm using the internet not to make me different from a Chinese guy getting kicked in the balls or maybe some kids drinking milk and throwing up. Um, <laughs> I'm actually, That's a great video. I'm actually saying, look, this is what I would like to do mm -hmm. if I had a chance to deliver my own humor. All right. So basically, it's not just filming me. Um, dude, put a firecracker in your butt. It's, <laughs> it's an attempt to do a show and use a medium to maybe upgrade, upgrade the idea that, oh, you only can put a video on for two minutes because the Internet people are dumb. Or you only can put a, you can only do this kind of thing. It has to be quick bites. It has to be, if you watch my stuff, you can't watch it. On for the most part, you can't watch it on regular websites. You can't. There's nobody playing it on uh, Channel Five. I'm not taking advantage of the internet on that level. I'm taking advantage of the internet to say, look, if I was on TV and could do what I wanted to do, this would be some of the stuff I would think was funny. Yeah. That's the difference. So I'm not saying the medium stinks, Mister Trying to Catch Me to Be a Hypocrite. I'm <laughs> saying what's being used by the medium. Just showing some Asian guys flying around. With rockets in their butt, stinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, listen, I'll agree with you. Like the stuff that you're doing on this show is it's completely original, and you so don't you don't you hold back. Because because I wanted to know, like if if you're hating on all these people that are using that to their advantage, I see you stink. using it too. I hate it because it's the same reason why you would hate why. Uh, but can I try and bring that? Some can I, your, wait a minute. Wait. Some of your same, some of those. Let me try. Okay, it's the same reason. Okay, someone would. It's the same reason why someone would hate why someone that is on uh, Desperate Housewives before they got on that show yeah. would hate Survivor and okay. and would hate anybody who became famous from Survivor. It's just it's like anybody who put in work, dude. You can't help but resent. Like someone who gets it quick. But there are some episodes on that show that you won't allow the public to watch. On what? On on the Patrice O'Neill show. I was I was going through them and I found a couple that there was one with Harris as a security guard oh, that I, you that you're not allowed to watch because it stinks. Yeah. Yes, and that's I'm doing, <laughs> and that's, that's where I'm like saying 
in terms of trying to be an honest person, yeah. like like when you when you were saying like cutting you off before was to say, look, I already attacked myself by by going, Jesus, what am I doing? Like put it this way, like the like like selling stuff on there. I am a staunch staunch uh, uh, ad, not advocate but a adversary to peddling stuff but okay i'm working with people that are on this internet thing i don't even when i when i see buy stuff and buy this yeah in my name it bugs me but i'm doing business with a company that's that the only reason i'm doing business is for them to make money Mm -hmm. they're not there because they're they're friendly i'm doing that for a labor of love they're doing it for some type of business opportunity so they there's some things that i lose on but that's one of those things you go oh my god i don't I just this bothers me, but it but it doesn't destroy my integrity to the point of all right. Look, if it's available, buy it. But yeah. I'm not going to tell you that like like anybody who buy who sells DVDs in your face. For me personally, okay, I understand. But somebody goes, hey, I sold an extra 200 DVDs at the end of the show, man. That's an extra two grand. It me that in terms of respect. Respect means a little bit more to me. And I've done things, dude. Like I said, I told you the story about Aspen. I put on tap shoes, man. Anytime I put on tap shoes, my feet hurt. And it and it bugs me. But I can't run through this business because this is how I pay my bills and all that stuff. I want to be a crusader, but I don't want to be a martyr. I don't want to be a guy who goes, man, he fought to the end. Boy, was he broke. But he yeah. fought like a soldier. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying, to be in the middle, to the I'm trying to be in the middle of, like, <laughs> uh, being, like, if I could be, you know how it's like Limp Biscuit, like, w- when people think that you belong to them, like, I don't mind a boutique um, fan base. I don't mind 200,000 fans. Right. I don't need 2 million. I need 200,000 that are my fans, and they go, man, just just like how you like Colin, you just go, Colin never, ever lets you down because he always is working. Right. And you're like, you're a fan of Colin. So the basic, if it's 200,000 of you, Colin can't lose because you'll buy everything Colin has to has to sell. So wait, so now you're for Danny's list? Is that it? Yeah. Is, I've, is it good that he put it on there? I turned uh, my list I really around. Wasn't, I really wasn't against it, but, you know, I mean... <laughs> I mean, uh, what's your name, dude? David. David. David's on a mission to f- to make me a hypocrite, and it won't work. You know what happened here? I could break down exactly what happened. I I called you out on some stuff, and then you said you respected me for it. Now both of these guys are trying to do the same thing. Dude, Danny, that's what I'm trying to slow you down to teach them how to be good at what they're doing. You can't just attack uh, an attacker with the same technique that he uses. But you, you guys are good guys. I, you know, I, I, I tickle you if I see you and try to teach you. I, I'll cuff you both and go, hey, you give me a kiss on your cheek and say, this is how you do it. <laughs> that's like, like, I, like I've, oh, I've done that my, tr- trust me, I'm so I'm self. I'm, I'm a lot better than I used to be, but you know, self-effacing and 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 uh, what's the word? Uh, um, uh, sabotage. You know, self-sabotage was. I was proud of that. I'm not proud of that anymore. You get older and you stop. You know, you lose certain type of battles. I used to fight bill collectors. I used to fight paying my bills. I used to be proud about it. Now I try to pay my bills on time. You uh, do I thought you were going to say what I do. I just don't pay them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to your magazine, my friend? Uh, that's we it. didn't pay our bills. <laughs> <laughs> so that, was, that, was, that, was, that was associated with that magazine. That's what it went right. 
goes, yeah, I wish I paid my bills. I would still have that magazine. <laughs> that magazine went under because uh, I stopped fighting the fight for it. I don't know. But that's good, man. I'm good. What, what station are you on on FM? 87.9. Right, Wait, right below that, where people listen. Right oh below. Eight, did you say eighty-seven point nine? Yeah. Do do radios? Yeah. <laughs> Only have, you have to have one that was made before nineteen fifty. <laughs> Only head radio gets this. <laughs> it's shortwave. It's shortwave. One hundred and ten FM. <laughs> it's just enough FM to keep us from from being uncensored, but not enough to actually have people hear it. <laughs> Patrice, thanks so much for doing the show. All right, friends, Patrice is at, at Comics tonight and tomorrow night, 8.30 and 10.45 p.m. You know where it is? I'm, I'm about to say. It's, Are you uh, about to do it? Right, I'm about to do it. it. <laughs> 3.53. After I gave Danny some credit for being a tiger, man, I'm getting bitten everywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what abuse is? Look what happened. Somebody an inch, they take a yard. You unleashed the beast. Did they? Now I'm getting nibbled. Now I'm a, this is what I'm saying. Oh, they, listen, me, listen, let this is Wait a minute. Let me go back to my point I was saying about pushing me out the river. When I get Danny Lobel attacking me, it's time to move on. <laughs> Uh, this this see? isn't that bad. Nobody brought up that terrible velour overcoat you were wearing at the stand-up New York Christmas party. Oh. <laughs> I understand how everybody of of notes thought that was a beautiful coat. Do so you understand? And I don't know which one said it, but if anybody else no, dresses listen, exactly like Danny Lovell, I like the coat. Loud. They thought it was anything about clothing in your life. Yo, they like yo. They thought it was a nice coat because you had all the sushi and you didn't give up anyone to anybody Look, else. Look, he's just he wants to attack. He just wants to attack. You see, the more Patrice, no, the more Patrice advocates my attacks. Let me, let me tell you why I got the sushi. This is. This because you're the big fish, man. <laughs> I got all the sushi. You know why? Because all the middles and openers were sitting back going, I don't want to offend anybody. I want to get that sushi first. So I said, excuse me, phonies. Let me get all the sushi I can eat now while you're sitting there trying to not offend anybody. I just love that you rationalized taking the sushi to that level. Now, now, don't you wish you had to say something about my coat in my face as opposed to waiting? <laughs> that's, that's why I'm who I am. <laughs> He's got you, Chris. I got a lot of lessons to teach you, young people. <laughs> well, we hope you come in sometime. Teach us. 353 uh, uh, West 14th. If you try to do, that, it, to do the show on a Wednesday or something, man, you know? Well, Get us get a Wednesday a Wednesday show like a middle of the week show. I'll come yeah. in any time. But the right. day of the show, we're gonna afternoon, have we're gonna have Mondays and Fridays. Uh, Monday starting. show, Monday show. I come visit because I like to look look um, your friends in the face and see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna get it. I, I, I might have to multiple mig some of your friends. <laughs> it's just, it's all easy when he's like in New Jersey yeah. on his couch yeah. over the oh, phone. Yeah. He'll take he's shots like, at you no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate your jacket. You ate all the sushi. As soon as he's in here, I guarantee you. Oh, Mr. O'Neill, it's wonderful to see you here. I, I, oh, I absolutely love your jacket. You're so big. Not one part of this conversation made me uncomfortable, but here's what's going to happen. When I bump into one of the guys, they're going to, hey, man, you know, I was just doing radio. You know? I'm no stupid.
everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. If you want season one and season two, they're for sale in the iTunes store. Just type in Modern Day Philosophers season one or season two. You can make a donation at moderndayphilosophers.net. You could write me. And please write me. Please write me. I'd love to hear from you. At thecomical at yahoo.com. It's a good time if you write to me now because uh, sometimes I'm bogged down with emails and it takes me a while to reply, but I'm all up to date. So if you write me now, you'll get a quick reply. Thecomical at yahoo.com. Say hello. Let me know what you thought of season seven. Let me know how you're doing. And that's about it. Again, it would be a real kindness if you could go on that iTunes store and leave a nice rating and a five-star rating and a nice review. I read every one of them and I take them to heart, the good ones and the bad ones. Unfortunately, I haven't really learned how to not take the bad ones to heart. Every now and then I, I get healthy enough to, to, to ignore them, but then, you know, mental health fluctuates. All right. That's it. I'm going to bed. Thank you guys for tuning in. I love you all. Good night. Bye-bye. See you with Season 8. Kicking off strong with Fred Armisen. Can't wait for you to hear it. Bye.